Hello, fellow therapists. You are listening to Holding Space for Therapists, the podcast, and I'm your host, Dr. Cassidy. I am so excited. Today is November 13th, 2019, and I have been prepping for this date for months now. The doors to Modern Therapist Academy are officially open. So enrollment is open for two weeks. This is my comprehensive digital course to support therapists in building and growing modern private practices, covers everything from the initial startup, honing in on your niche and values, building your business, marketing your business, working through burnout and boundaries and self-care as a clinician. I'm so excited to finally hit open the doors again and invite more of you into the course and into our private Facebook group where we do live Q&As. If any of you are interested in joining, you can find the information at the link in the show notes. And I'm also deeply grateful to be sharing this episode with you all today. I'm sharing my conversation with my good friend and colleague, Lisa Oliveira. In this episode, Lisa and I explore what it means to be human when you're also a clinician, therapist, or holder of space. We cover so much in this episode, and I'm so excited to get a chance to share her and our conversation with all of you modern therapists listening, so let's get to it. You're listening to Holding Space for Therapists, a podcast for modern therapists. I'm your host, Dr. Cassidy, and I'm passionate about supporting therapists and building profitable, sustainable, and meaningful private practices. Are you ready to build or grow your modern private practice? Let's dive in. Hello, Lisa, my friend. Thank you so much for taking the time and space again to record a podcast episode with me. I know that we've recorded before for my other podcast holding space, and I'm just so grateful to get a chance to connect with you again for this podcast where the audience is primarily going to be other therapists and healers and holders of space. And I'm just, I'm grateful for you taking the time. Thank you so much. Good morning. Thank you so much for inviting me back and for starting these conversations. I'm so, so happy to be a part of it. Mm. Well, let's, let's dive right in, Lisa. So, you know, I know that in my last um, podcast episode with you, and if folks haven't heard it yet, I definitely recommend going and listening to it. Um, we talk about the power of stories in that episode. And, and in that, I did ask you to share some of your own context here, though, with this audience, I think it would be be really helpful to to maybe touch base on that again. Just hearing a little bit about your journey into you know becoming a clinician, and I know that you know you and I talked about the topic of today's episode really being around humanizing the role of being a healer, right? Because yes, we are. Um, caretakers and therapists and supporters and you know holders of space, but we're also human. Mm-hmm. And my thoughts for my thoughts on the whole idea of being a modern therapist is is really beginning to unhook ourselves from the idea that we, you know, can't show up as being humans in in either our work or in public platforms or just in the world. So I'd love to hear a little bit more from you about your journey as both a human um, and a healer into the work that you do today. Yeah. So I always find it so hard to sort of wrap up what's felt like such a long journey that I'm still on and will forever be on as a person. Um, But I think to say it in the, the shortest of ways, I found this work because of my own inner work and I found my way to to taking on providing this space for other people because of the space that was provided to me through my own healing journey and through starting to do the work of exploring, you know, my experiences and things that I've gone through and challenges that I faced um, growing up and and into my adolescence and early twenties. So. It was really through sitting on someone else's couch that I really just realized the power of being seen and being witnessed and 
the depth that comes from from sharing your story and sharing your full humanity with another person who is who is viewing you from a space of compassion and non-judgment. Um, it just really transformed my life and taught me so much about myself and what it means to be human and what it means to, you know, share our stories and practice vulnerability and explore who we are. And I have spent a long time personally doing that work and and it sort of just naturally led me to wanting to hold that space for other people. Um, it was something that I feel like I've wanted to do for as long as I can remember. I I have memories of, you know, sitting on my my first therapist's couch thinking like, wow, if I ever get through this time in my life, if I ever get to a place where I can do something like this, I I want to hold this space for other people. I want to create this type of environment for other people um, Mm. just because it was so apparent how important it is because I experienced it and because it it's what allowed me to start my own inner journey and it's what allowed me to feel to feel what the experience of healing is like alongside a guide and a companion Um, Mm. and it was just a really transformative experience to to be on the other side of the couch and and to continue to be you know to continue allowing myself to be in this healing process and journey ongoing um so that is kind of why I found this work um because of my own work and and I think I've always just naturally been a very curious person I've always wanted to know about people and I've always wanted to know people's stories and and wanting to connect with people and I've just found myself really touched by seeing the humanity in others even from a young age. I have memories of like being at the grocery store and asking my mom like I wonder why she is on the phone like who do you think she's talking like little things like that where I was just so intrigued by other people's stories um and I wanted to like be a fly on the wall in other people's lives. And yeah. and I feel like <clears throat> being a therapist is kind of, it sort of gives us that inside glimpse into humanity and into what it means to be human. So oh, it's such a privilege. Yeah. I oftentimes like at the end, like I had, I had a day like that this week. There um, were a, top, a couple of, of really tough, but really, really meaningful sessions I had with clients this week. And I remember thinking at the end, after the client walked out, like, wow, the fact like that I, it is such an honor to get a chance to witness this work. And Mm. mm, yeah, so it is, it's what I'm hearing from you is that you've always been curious and you've always been somebody who's interested in the stories that people have to share and wanting to be and, and wanting to be a witness to those, and that also your own personal experiences of having space held for you <clears throat> and having somebody walk you through healing is is really what brought you to do to doing this work. And I'm curious, I'm curious to hear in your experience of this because there there can be sort of this journey of when we come to do this work and because we are all human, we all have our own stories and pain is, you know, a universal human experience. And so we at different, at different levels come with our own stories of what brought us to doing this work. And maybe we've had our own experiences of, of being in treatment or being in therapy um, or, and, and then we come to do this work. And, and sometimes there can be this sort of, feeling of, okay, um, now that I'm doing this, I need to keep that part of myself sort of maybe hidden or, or sacred or, or feeling, or sometimes feeling shame around those Mm -hmm. experiences. And there can be, I know for myself then, um, like a journey of getting to a space of feeling like, okay, now I feel like I can, I can explore these parts of myself and share this, um, maybe in, in like my supervision or in my training and and then it's also gotten to a place once some of those wounds really healed um, of getting to a place of feeling ready to self-disclose both in my work and and publicly in some of these ways. And so I'm curious to hear a little bit of your journey around this and, and if you resonate with any of those experiences. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's it's such a challenge to to be able to really tune into yourself and really listen to when you feel ready to share and in what context you feel ready to share and what parts of you you feel ready to share and and being able to discern what parts are just for you and and what parts are are actually things you don't feel like you need or want to share with the people outside of those that you hold sacred with your inner stories and your experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, I think that the word that you said was shame. And I think that can so often be what makes us feel like we shouldn't let anyone in on things that we've experienced or that we shouldn't let ourselves be seen in our struggles or in things that we have gone through, whether in the past or present. Um, and for me, I I remember when I first applied to graduate school, my interviewer who was a professor at the school, you know, he asked me a question about why I wanted to do the work. And I remember thinking, like, I don't know if I want to share with him my experiences or what I've gone through because what will he think of me? Will he think that I am capable of doing this work? Will he think that I, you know, am am good enough to do this work because of what I've experienced? Will he judge me? You know, and those old stories of shame came up. Um, mm-hmm. But I decided to to just be honest because that was the place I was moving from in my life. And it's a place that I always strive to move from is, you know, showing up honestly and in integrity with what I feel okay sharing. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, it felt really important to share my actual why rather than like a glossed over version. Um, And his response was so warm and supportive. And he offered me admission on the spot um, (laughs) because of the connection that we had made from me sharing why I decided to show up to this work Mm -hmm. in the first place. And that moment was sort of a reminder that I don't need to be ashamed of my story and I don't need to to hide parts of myself in order to look good or to appear, you know, above my own humanness, humanness. Um yeah. And I think ever since then it's been it's just been about forming a relationship with myself so that I am sharing no matter who I'm sharing with or where from a place of this feels really good and nourishing and connecting to share. And it's and it's rooted in an outcome that I feel really nourished by, not in, you know, a place of practicing vulnerability because everyone else is or sharing something because mm-hmm. I want a certain response, but but allowing myself to be human in a way that that allows all the parts of me that are asking to show up to to show up in the way that they're asking to show up in. Uh, and I think that those what a what a beautiful moment. I mean that he that you were able to then experience that warmth and then that like admission right on the spot. It's like we're not even going to wait for you to to know that like it that you deserve to be here. That like who you are as a human and your story, like you deserve to be here. Uh, and I think that you know when we have those moments. We want to, I know for myself, I want to like, I always like put it in my back pocket for like mm-hmm. those days where those days when, because these, these moments can happen as well, whether you're in class um, in grad school and you share something and you just feel um, maybe not supported in after, after you've shared, right. Or, mm-hmm. um, or you're in supervision and supervision group or in a supervision and you share something and, and there are, there can be those experiences where it doesn't feel like the group can hold that space for you or there is, you know, and for whatever reason, and oftentimes we don't have access to why, but we feel judged right in that moment, mm-hmm. these response. Um, and it's just so those moments can be so difficult. Um, and I think that, Sometimes it, sometimes those, you know, how, how people respond to us and sharing those parts of ourselves can come back to some of those old messages in our field, um, that, that make us feel like we need to stay, um, quiet or also that like, we need to be like not human, right? Like just everything is, everything is cleared and worked through. And I think that also reflects like what can happen in, in our relationship with our clients around power, right? Where it's sort of like, 
you know, we are above. I don't know. I, and it's, I, I, it's part of my like whole mission in the work that I'm doing um, with therapists and beginning to unhook ourselves from some of these, some of these messages. Cause I think it hurts us, but I think it also can hurt the work that we do and our communities. And so, yeah, I'm just, I'm curious when it comes to those sort of experiences, how do you work through those, right? Those moments where maybe somebody um, doesn't understand your self-disclosure or can't hold that space for you. How do you, how do you move, move through those moments? Yeah, I think, I think first of all, like knowing who my trusted circle is and knowing that I always have those people to share my full self with and, and knowing that those are the people who, who really get to witness all of me that in a way that not everyone does is so helpful and grounding because it, it reminds me that I get to show up fully in my life and that that doesn't put any pressure on me to show up fully Mm. anywhere that I don't feel safe doing so. Yeah. Um, and another piece is kind of connected to what you said around the messages that we've received about showing up human, whether in our work or in what we share on whatever platform we may have or how we show up with our clients. Um, so much of that has been rooted in patriarchal education and in the idea that there should be a power differential in the room. You know, I think so many of the theories that we study were created mm-hmm. by wealthy white men who who wanted to maintain their positions of power. And I think showing up as a blank slate and not appearing human was a way to maintain that power differential. Yeah. And when I think about sitting across from people who often have less privilege than I do, I I want to ask myself, how how do I show up in this space? So that power differential goes away. How do I show up in this space so that there is a power with dynamic instead of a power over mm-hmm. dynamic? And that often means not needing to be in a position of an expert, not needing to pretend like I know what's best for them, not needing to pretend like I don't have my own humanity in the room, but actually allowing those parts to be there too knowing that that's actually what creates such deep connection with clients Mm. and knowing that that's so often what clients are craving is to sit with another human on a very human level and be witnessed in that space rather than feel like they're being looked down upon or they're sitting with someone who is better or knows more or has it more figured out than they do, but more so sitting with another human on a human to human level, I have found has been so transformative. And, and I've had that reflected by a lot of my clients that, you know, knowing certain things about me and feeling like they can ask questions if they're curious and knowing that I am not perfect and I don't Mm -hmm. have it all together actually creates more space for them to feel like they can show up in their full humanity too. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think a big piece of that is also knowing that I'm doing my own work and I have my own support and I don't let my own stuff show up in the room. Therefore, I don't need my clients to unconsciously be or do anything in order for me to be okay Mm -hmm. because I'm doing that work myself. Um, Mm. Yeah, I feel like that kind of went all over the place, but I get really passionate thinking about you know, the messages we've received and, and how it shows up in the work we do and how, how fear can perpetuate so much of us staying small in whatever way that means for us. Because of course, this also looks so different for everyone, depending on their own individual selves. Mm. There's so, so much fear. And Lisa, I know because you and I have, have connected around this, that both for both of us, you know, on you know, in the quiet space of DMs or in our own relationships with therapists that we're connected to, we're having these conversations with other therapists about there's about the fear, the fear of the fear of showing up, the fear of stepping in, the fear of um, yeah, and, and I think that there's and so much of this is absolutely rooted in what you're what you're naming and identifying as, you know, many roots in our field roots and theories and models that were developed, as you said, by 
white, rich men, right? Mm-hmm. And now we are trying to, you know, unhook ourselves from some of these messages, but they're so deeply rooted and they can find themselves in so much of our training that it can be really scary. It can be really scary. There's fear of of losing our licenses, fear of 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 being seen and being judged. There's so much fear. And so I'm curious, you know, knowing that there's going to be clinicians here listening, um, what would be your message to them? Like what is what is something that you feel like you oftentimes needed to hear or need to hear that you'd want them to hear around around some of that fear? Yeah. So I think I think one piece is just reminding yourself and me reminding myself that there isn't anything that we need to show up as outside of what we feel good and grounded showing up as, mm-hmm. which means, you know, some people might actually not want to share any parts of their story or their humanness, and that's okay. Right. That's absolutely okay. I think it's more about listening to, like, what's your purpose for showing up in whatever way you do? And what what stories are you carrying with you about the way you are showing up in your work or in what you share online or in you know, an, an Instagram post or whatever it may be, like, what is that rooted in and what place are you sharing from? Mm. And is that connected to your values and to your why and to your integrity and to your intention in the work that you're doing? Mm. And also, how are these external messages playing into the fear that you have? And and can you normalize why it actually makes sense that that fear is there? And why it's actually so understandable to be afraid to to step out of being small or not being seen because those are the very messages that we've been given mm-hmm. in this work and in in so many different ways um i mean i'm speaking as a woman but i think for other women you know showing up as a as a woman in this work or showing up as someone who's not typically seen as as showing up in this work like all these different ways that that we are stepping out are are risky and vulnerable because it's it's also a new way of yeah. of showing up i think yeah and <clears throat> embedded within anything new is fear mm. yeah um, fear always pops up whenever you're about to do something new right i mean it's like it's like the signal that like you're about to do something new and potentially something important right because sometimes Sometimes fear, in its effort to keep us safe, can mistake um, can mistake you know meaningful risk as like dangerous risk, and mm-hmm. you know I think that one of the things that I have found to be really really important for me in all of this is is recognizing that I don't need to do it alone. You know I think that when I'm able to connect with other therapists and share with them some of the things that I'm I'm hoping to do or I'm wondering what I can what I should do or I'm I'm afraid to do, you know, in the space of like you're like you're saying, identifying who are those people, who are those, you know, those supports. And there are supports in our personal life. There can be supports in our professional life that we can go to to talk to about these things. Because mm-hmm. I find that when I'm able to bring some of those fears or things I'm feeling shame around out um, in the right in the right space with the fo- with the folks that I can really connect with, I mean that is almost like the for me it feels like the purest antidote to some of those things where I then am given a given space to actually identify okay what is what are some of the messages that I'm receiving that makes me feel like I can't do this and what are some of those roots and how might I begin to position myself on that like. Is that really like if I begin to actually name those things, I mean, it's usually in that space that I I begin to feel impassioned to actually keep moving forward. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, if I'm, I'm, you know, running up against the message that like, you know, I need to stay small. Um, And there are times when there are certain parts of myself that feel sacred that I'm like, no, I am going to keep this not small, but sacred. And then there's other times when, I'm able to connect with what the root message is that like that or the discourse that I'm running up against, positioning myself around it, and then being able to move forward, actually feeling 
more um, empowered to move forward. And, and oftentimes that happens in the context of connecting with other clinicians who are, you know, in the same space. Yeah. Yeah. I have, I have gotten so many messages from other therapists and other kinds of practitioners who have shared, you know, like how inspiring it might be to see the way that I've showed up or how it's helped them realize that they can show up too. And, and I think that is honestly part of my, part of my why is because I know that when I'm doing it, I'm not the only one who wants to be doing it. Yeah. And, and when I'm wanting to show up a certain way, I know that I'm not the only one and, and seeing other people show up in that way inspires me and, and seeing other people, you know, live into the work that they're doing in whatever way feels in integrity and in resonance with who they are inspires me. Mm. Um, and so I think that piece is important too, like not needing it to look the way it does for another therapist or another practitioner, but more so like how, how do you want it to look for you mm. and allowing, allowing yourself to move from that space? Because I've also had a lot of people say, you know, like I, I want to share parts of my story too, but I don't, I don't know if I actually want to. And and I think that's where comparison can get tricky oh. because you can see the way the way one person feels comfortable showing up and sharing and being seen and doing this work. And you can think that that's how you're supposed to as well yeah. when that might not actually be an in integrity for you to share the way another person does or to step into this work the way someone else does. And, and that's why I think it's so important to continually come back to like, what is my why and and what are my values and how do I move from that place like deeply rooted into myself and in self-trust mm. rather than from a place of what you see other people doing and what you think you should be doing. Mm. Um, and I think that is when those feelings of fear can become even stronger is when you're not staying connected to what feels good and right and true for you. Mm. Um, and when you're instead like looking outward at what you think you should be doing instead of moving from a place of, no, this feels right for me. This feels good for me. Yeah. And it's okay if that doesn't look the same way as it does for someone else. Yes. You shared, you shared a post yesterday and I'm, I'm forgetting the exact sort of words around it, but it was basically like what's coming along with you on, you know, whatever the journey is. And mm -hmm. comparison is just like one of my good old friends that loves to come on any journey when I'm stepping into something new. And it makes, when you think about it, it makes so much sense because, you know, comparison, we're all, we're wired to do that. It's there. It's a, it's an experience that's meant to protect us. You know, when you walk into a new environment, a new situation, one of the first things you're going to do is to look around and see what are others doing here? Like, what are, mm -hmm. how, how are others navigating this space? And so we can use social media as an example, right? Where if a therapist is stepping into that space or to any more, you know, public platform or in the digital arena, they're going to look to see what others have done. I know it's the first thing that I did when I first got on. I mean, it felt like really new and I was afraid because I didn't know or think anyone else was really doing it. But when I went on, I went to go see if anybody else was doing it and how they were doing it. And I think that that comparison is so understandable. But so many times that friend comparison, my, my little friend comparison, can surpass its level of helpfulness in its effort to try to, I don't know, to, to help me navigate the new space by showing me, well, this is what other people are doing and this is how they are being, and I'm putting, I'm doing air quotes right now, successful. Um, you know, and oh my gosh, I mean, whenever that little friend comparison of mine jumps in the driver's seat, it just leads me to doing stuff that ends up feeling like once it's out there in the world, like not authentic and not my voice yeah. and like not actually speaking to like who I actually want to be connecting with in that space and what my value is that's driving my why. And I know that 
Lisa, I'm, I'm so grateful to you because you were like literally the first therapist to work through um, because I, you know, I can track like how people are, you know, moving through the course so I can better support mm-hmm. them. Uh, I'm speaking about the Modern Therapist Academy course that I have and you were the first person to work, work through each module. And so I know that you know this part of the course, like the way that I set it up is before we get into like anything, like any of the like nitty gritty or the fun, creative branding, any of that stuff and like marketing, we first got to like hone in, like spend a lot of time on the values and the why, because I know that if I'm going to, if I'm going to give people all these tools for how they can be um, expanding or growing or diversifying or stepping in or leaning in or building that it's sometimes in that can be the message that you're supposed to be doing it all. And you can end up just feeling completely overwhelmed. And I know I have felt that. And so you have, you have, we have to do the work first of like knowing what our why is like specifically to us, because what my why is, is maybe very different from what your why is for why you end up deciding to step into a certain space or to, to grow or to, to lean into something and if I if I don't have that, it's so easy to get swept up into what everyone else is doing. And to, for comparison, to jump into the driver's seat, and it's just, oh my gosh, can be such a painful place to be in. And I know from personal experience, I know from connecting with other therapists. Just just yesterday, I was connecting with somebody through coaching, and and she was just yeah, completely feeling like. There's no space for me here. Like, what can I offer? Like, why would somebody come and be interested in anything I have to share if they could follow this person who has, you know, hundreds of thousands of followers? And again, that was that was saying that like what is what is meaningful is numbers, right? And quantity mm-hmm. and like connecting that number to like all of a sudden assuming that that number equals like I don't know what what what's what's worthy, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. just it totally. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, I was gonna say. I, I was gonna ask you. Like, can you relate to any of that? And and is this something that you've witnessed yourself or experienced yourself? Yeah, I think anytime you choose to show up and share something, it it's so easy to feel like, what do I have to contribute? What do I have to add? You know, everything's been shared already. Everything's been done already. How am I significant and important? And and what does my work matter if there's someone who has a hundred thousand followers? Like everyone's already following them and seeing their message. So why should I share mine? Mm-hmm. And I a hundred percent felt that way too. And I still have that feeling sometimes. Like, why am I writing about this topic? It's already been covered so many times. And as someone who has a platform that's grown pretty significantly in ways that I did not anticipate at all, I feel like I'm sort of on the other side of that where, okay, now I have all these people reading what I have to say and following me. And then there's this other layer of like, what if I say the wrong thing? What if it doesn't resonate with everyone? What if I offend someone? So it's like, no matter what the number of people who are reading your work is, there's still that internal process you have to go through. And it all, I think, comes back to like, how do I show up in alignment with myself? How do I show up from my truth? How do I share what's on my heart? Mm. How do I say what I'm thinking or feeling or experiencing about a topic that feels important to me? And, And how do I let that be enough? And how do I trust that what I have to say and the way that I have to say it will land with the people who need it, even if they've seen the same message shared by another person in a different way. I think one of the traps of comparison is it makes us feel like we're not special or we're not unique or we don't have anything new to contribute when everything that we're bringing to our work and to our creativity and to the way we share and the way we conceptualize our work and and what we feel called to to share with the world is so deeply personal that it's impossible for anyone else to to do it in the same way that we do mm. which means there's inherently room for all of us to be doing it in our own unique and special and 
and personal ways. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why it's so important to, again, like you said, continually come back to like, what is my why? And what is my story? And how do I feel about this? And in what way do I want to share? And can it be okay that it's not always super original, but it can still be important and it might still land with the very person who needs to see it in the exact way that you share it at the exact moment that you share it, you know? Mm. And I think that's so important to, to remember. It's like, we're all special and we all have something to offer and all of our voices matter and none of them are more important than the other. And if we get too into the numbers game, we are inherently giving into this idea of hierarchies in humanity, which I really don't believe in. I don't believe that one person is more important than another person or that one person has more to offer the world than another person. And so if I'm playing into numbers or comments or likes or whatever it may be, I'm inherently playing into something that I actually don't value, Mm -hmm. which disconnects me from myself. And so continually returning to Like, what are your values and your why? And what are you passionate about? And how can you share and show up from that place, no matter what it looks like and no matter how many people have done it before? Mm -hmm. And and no matter how many people see it, knowing that sometimes it's the showing up that actually matters. And and it's less about the outcome and more about, like, what does it feel like to experience showing up in this way? And, And how does it feel within me? How does it feel in my body? to share this? How does it feel to create this or to, to talk about this or to, to bring this up with client, like, you know, like continuously checking in with how you're experiencing yourself in the world and in the work that you're doing Mm. so that you can stay grounded in the things that actually matter to you. I am just over here, like furiously nodding and like my eyes are closed. (laughs) I'm like, yes, yes, yes. I mean, yes. It's because it, in terms of like original, like originality, like it has all been done. It's all been said, yeah. but it hasn't been said by you. Mm-hmm. It hasn't been said by you, them, like whoever is listening. Like, and yeah, I just, um, I think that when we connect in with what it is that we are wanting to share from our voice, from our experiences, from something that we're feeling passionate about. And then when we can identify like who, like when I open this app, if I'm going to speak specifically about social media, if I'm going to open this app and I'm going to share something and I'm going to write something, who am I, who am I wanting, who am I trying to speak to? Right? Like Mm -hmm. um, again, I think it's, it is so hard in the digital space to, to connect in those ways but I think that we can still do our best to try to connect by actually thinking, what is like, who am I trying to speak to? Because the minute I allow myself to begin to think of that and why I'm showing up in this space, then whatever the outcome ends up being, like I know that it came from that place of like of authenticity and my yeah. value of connection and or my yeah. value of of being able to build community or offer support or create a bridge for reaching out for support, whatever it might be. And the comments get to just be the like, like if people do connect with it, it gets just to be the extra, right? Like it's it's just that. It's just me putting myself out there to connect with somebody, hoping that like one person maybe connects with this, knowing that like because I'm human and not everything that I share from my voice is going to land with everyone. And that's okay, right? Like that's okay. Just like I know that I'm not the right fit as a therapist for everyone. And that's okay because there Mm -hmm. are so many other clinicians out there that could be the right fit. And so I just think that this comes back to in so many ways, like, you know, how, how we can as each individual's be there to connect with others and it's not going to reach everyone and that's okay. Yeah. I think it's just, just a big giant permission mm-hmm. slip. I hope that people are hearing in all of this to connect back in <clears throat> with, with their why and their values and allowing that to be their compass, knowing that like those also those feelings of comparison and fear are just so normal, understandable human experiences mm-hmm. that we're all wired for and when they show up, there's probably some data and some helpful data in there and plenty that isn't. And 
that we can, you know, reclaim a sense of agency and what we're going to move forward in doing based on what feels meaningful and what is meaningful tends to connect back with our values. So, uh, yeah, I just, I resonate so much here, Lisa, with, with all these pieces that you're sharing. Yeah. And another piece I think is important to remember is that it doesn't have to be perfect Mm. and, and you're allowed to make mistakes and you're allowed to experiment and realize what doesn't work for you. And you're allowed to change your mind. You're allowed to, to not be sure. Like you're allowed to, to have it be messy and feel uncertain and, and icky sometimes. Like it's okay that it's not perfect and it doesn't need to be, and it's not required or possible for it to be perfect. And, and I think giving yourself permission to to again, like move from a place of what am I feeling and what feels important to share? And can I share that? Like you said, even if it's not for everyone, because if we are for everyone, we're for no one. And, and yeah, can we let that be okay? And can we know that the right people will resonate with what we share if it comes from a place of integrity and authenticity and deeply being connected to our actual selves and the work that we do. Mm. Mm. Uh, Lisa. Okay. So I, um, I did want to quickly take a quick look at some of the questions that actually came through for you specifically. Mm. Um, when I posed the question on our private Instagram community, holding space for therapists and mm-hmm. Kristen had a question she asked tips for letting go of clients' pain. I'm so new. She's a grad intern, and I feel mm-hmm. like I'm a human sponge. And I read that question, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, I can, I can relate to that. I remember feeling that. Um, I remember actually having a conversation with my with my mom. So my mom's now a judge, but um, when at the time she was an attorney, a public defender. Um, and she worked with um, uh, children who were abused and neglected and um, as a public defender. And I remember just asking her, like, Mom, I'm just starting out in this work, and I just feel like I am a human sponge absorbing all of the stories and the pain that I'm hearing. And mm-hmm. I, I remember her, you know, relating to that experience and, and sharing with me, you know, it's, you know, it's not about like hardening yourself. It's about finding ways to, to have those boundaries where you can, you know, you can hear and hold space for the stories while also recognizing that like in the work that you're doing, and this is what drove her to do the work that she does. And also it drove me to do the work that I do is that now also in this space of pain, you are, you have agency to support this person in creating change, right? And and for her, it was as a public defender. And for me, it was as, as a therapist. And I think that being able to recognize, you know, in those moments, okay, what do I have agency over? But also what do I not have agency over, right? I think sometimes in absorbing the pain, I wanted to take the pain away. And I couldn't Right. I couldn't that wasn't that wasn't necessarily what I was there to do, right? So I'm I'm curious to hear from you in response to this question. Can you relate to that feeling like a human sponge? And and what have you done to sort of navigate the fact that we are holding space for a lot? And sometimes that can feel like a lot and we can we can feel like we can absorb a lot in that space. Yeah. I first just want to acknowledge how how human it is to feel another person's pain when you're when you're witnessing them and when you are sitting in a room with someone with your heart open and with compassion and empathy and and when you are bearing witness to another person's experience mm-hmm. i think it's so natural to to let that soak into you in some ways yeah. and i think that's what makes the work both so magical and so challenging is not only witnessing other people's pain, but finding ways to fully witness it and then to fully let it go in some capacity. Um, So for me, I think just knowing that it's so understandable to, to be kind of a sponge to, to the challenge and hardship of it all. 
um, especially when I was first starting out in this work, was so important. Like having that really validated for me, and and having the reason that that happens be because of the the strengths that I bring to the work, yeah. actually, and the gifts that we bring to this work our hearts, our humanness, our compassion, our empathy, like all of those things that allow us to do this work so well are the very things that allow us to soak up the challenging pieces. Mm. Um, And another thing that I have found so helpful for me is to also let myself fully soak up the hope and the joy and the growth and the movement and the capacity for overcoming and the change and the micro moments of tiny glimmers of something different being possible mm. and like what a gift it is to at the very same time of witnessing someone's deepest depths and pain to also be witnessing their capacity to show up for themselves anyway mm. and to know that the reason they're showing up for themselves in that space is because some part of them knows that there's more than the pain Mm. and that there's more than what hurts and that there's more than what's happened to them. Mm. Um, I think I'm always holding those pieces for my clients, even when they don't know how to. And by allowing myself to hold on to those glimmers, I, I find myself able to stay grounded in that even when I do feel the pain. And, you know, there are some days where I do really feel the pain of my clients when I'm dri- when I'm driving home, or that I do take home some of their stories at times, and I I normalize that for myself, and then I just check in, like what might I be needing? Is there a boundary that I didn't set that I might need to implement? Is there something that I didn't do for myself today that I might need to do now? Is there something that I am holding that I might need to give myself permission to release a little bit, you know, and letting all those things be a part of this very human experience of sitting with other people in their very human experiences um, has just giving me, given me so much permission to, to not take on the responsibility, but to instead witness and hold with instead of holding for. Yes. Mm. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, the only other thing that I would, I would add to that, and it it goes along with your asking yourself, what is it that I need is oftentimes I find that what I end up needing is I do need a space to connect with somebody and share with somebody. I think it can be so, it can feel so hard, especially when you're in private practice, because, you know, when you're in training um, or if you're at an agency, it might be, it's most likely built into your week that you're having a space to um, connect with, uh, with other clinicians and share about your experiences. And so I just, I have found that for me, it's been so critical that I have like my people that I can consult with. And I mean, I include it in my informed consent that like I have consultation and then of course I take steps to uphold the integrity of my license and confidentiality and not disclosing anything that would, you know, break confidentiality for those particular clients' identities. But having a space to share, hey, this happened this week or in the session today, and I just need to talk about it because it's I, I'm, I was really impacted by this story um, or this session. Mm-hmm. Or and in I love what you shared because in also sharing the joys because so much of our work happens behind closed doors. And and I think that sometimes enlisting a witness, not just for the parts that were hard, that impacted us Mm -hmm. as humans, but also those joys, those moments of just like, wow, that just happened. And like you just, I got to just witness this and being able to then enlist another witness to witness that for you. It's just, it can be such a empowering part of, you know, the stories that we're building and the narratives that uh, the narratives of the work that we're doing that we are cultivating and creating. Yeah, yeah, I think consultation and supervision and your own therapy and having your own support system is so imperative and critical and necessary mm-hmm. in this work and I think like you said not only to to have space to be shared around the challenging parts, but also like we really do witness 
people in a way that that others don't. And it's so hard to explain what we get to experience in this work. And being able to to have shared conversation around that with other people who are doing the same thing and being able to have that space held for us is so healing and important. And and I think it just allows allows us to integrate more deeply into the work, knowing that we don't have to hold all of it alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And knowing that we don't have to, you know, like we don't have to harden ourselves, like you said, in order to keep showing up, that we can find places where where we can soften and and know that we can do that in a way that's safe and grounded and and protected rather than a way that's like too vulnerable or too open. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think having those safe spaces is what actually allows that to happen. Yeah, we were never meant to do this work alone. You know, we were never meant to do this work alone. And I, in, in that, Lisa, I want to say just how grateful I am to you for your friendship and for your, I don't know, just for the way that in which that you do show up in this space and in the world. And I just am just so grateful for you, um, Lisa. Thank you so much for taking mm-hmm. the time. And you know, as we're wrapping up here, where can people find you if um, they're hoping to continue to follow you and your work? Yeah, thank you so much as well for your friendship and for just the space that you choose to take up in the world that is so beautiful to witness as a colleague and a friend and a person. Um, I feel so lucky to be connected with you. The feeling is so good. And yeah, if anyone would like to connect with my work, I, am, I share most of it on Instagram. So I think that's the best place and that has links to, to other places. Um, and my email is always open if anyone has questions or wants to connect or if anything comes up from this conversation that someone wants to dig deeper into, I'm always happy to connect with colleagues. Lisa, thank you so much. And I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day. And for anyone who's listening, I hope that you have a beautiful rest of your day. And um, just we're, we're so grateful to those of you who are listening and taking the time to, to be a part of our conversation with us as a witness to it. So thank you, Lisa. And thank you to the listeners. And, um, Lisa, we will definitely talk soon, I'm sure. Yes, sounds good. Thank you so, so much for this experience. I really hope you enjoyed the information that was shared in this episode. Ready to build or grow your modern private practice? Click the link in the show notes for Modern Therapist Academy, a comprehensive e-course to support you in building and growing your private practice. Thank you for inviting me and my guests into your day. Be sure to subscribe so you can be the first to hear when new episodes launch. Have a beautiful, wonderful rest of your day.